You're listening to Russo's podcast about anything. The show that brings you conversations and interviews with your host, Dave Calaruso. Have you ever wanted to hear a conversation that could be about anything? Here's your answer. Now, get ready to hear a conversation about anything. Hello and welcome to another episode of Russo's podcast about anything. And I am Dave Calaruso, still your host. Today is not going to be a weekly roll-up and lamb ramble, but instead going back to current events. Uh, this specific current event first was made known to me by the YouTube creators What Culture, and by one of my favorite guys on that show, Adam Cleary. Uh, namely, this event is the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi in a space state-sponsored hit by the Saudi Arabian government. Uh, their funding of the WWE semi-annual Saudi Arabian-based pay-per-views and the hypocrisy and bigotry surrounding this deal. Now, let's get started with who Jamal Khashoggi was and what happened to him. Okay, so, born in 1958, Jamal Ahmad Khashoggi was a Saudi Arabian dissident, author, occasional columnist for the Washington Post, and the general manager and editor-in-chief of Al-Arab News Channel. He was also assassinated at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey on October 2nd, 2018 by a 15-man Saudi hit squad. Now, prior to him being brutally murdered, he was the most well-known critic of the Saudi government while at the same time being on the side of progression in the country. In 2017, Khashoggi fled Saudi Arabia and went into self-imposed exile, but continued to write articles and remain critical of Saudi Arabia and Saudi, prince, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. On October 3, 2018, Khashoggi wrote in the Washington Post that Saudi Arabia, quote, should return to its pre-1979 climate while the government restricted hardline Wahhabi traditions. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Wahhabi traditions are the ultra-conservative, super-right-wing religious learnings. Uh, to end the quote, quote, Women today should have the same rights as men, and all citizens should have the right to speak their minds without fear of imprisonment, end quote. He also promoted the idea that instead of having Sharia law and general religious rule, the Arab world, including Saudi Arabia, should instead find a way to incorporate secularism and Islam. Personally, overall, he appears to be a genuinely honest man trying to help and better a usually war-torn and very punishing world. Now, here's where the story begins to suck. Now, going back in time just for a moment, uh, throughout 2017, the House of Saud appealed to Khashoggi to return to Riyadh, remember the name of that place, to return to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, because he had exiled himself at this point, and to resume his services as a media advisor to the royal court. Uh, Khashoggi flat out refused, because he, and rightfully, feared that it was deployed to get him to come back into the country, and he feared imprisonment or worse. Now, during this time, Khashoggi got engaged to a Turkish woman named Hatice. While visiting America, Khashoggi had to visit the Saudi embassy in Washington, D.C. in order to pick up paperwork to marry his new fiancée. Uh, no problems there. But he was missing a final piece of paper that proved that he couldn't get into the States. Uh, this paperwork was proving that he was no longer married to his ex-wife, which couldn't be provided in the States. So where did he instead need to get it from? From the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey. So, on September 28, 2018, Karshagi showed up to the Saudi consulate in Istanbul completely unannounced. They were not prepared for him to be there at all. He was well received by the consulate, he was assisted, but was missing a final piece of paperwork and was asked to return on October 2nd. Upon hearing that Karshagi had visited the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, 
At 4.30, a three-person Saudi team arrived in Istanbul on a scheduled flight, checked into their hotels, then visited the Saudi consulate according to President Erdogan of Turkey. Another group of officials from the consulate traveled to a forest in Istanbul's outskirts and to the nearby city of Yalova on a, quote, reconnaissance trip. From there, Erdogan said a roadmap to kill Karsagi was devised in Saudi Arabia during this time. Now, in the night, from October 1st into the 2nd, a 15-member group arrived from Riyadh on two private Gulfstream jets. On October 2nd, 2018, CCTV showed the speculated agents entering the consulate around noon. Karsagi arrived about an hour later, accompanied by his fiancée Hatice, while she waited outside of the consulate for Karsagi. After three hours, Kashagi hadn't left the consulate yet, despite the consulate ending their working hours 30 minutes prior. Hatiz then contacted the authorities, phoning Kashagi's friend and advisor to President Erdogan of Turkey, who reported him missing, and the police then started an investigation. The Saudi government said that he had left the consulate via a back entrance. The Turkish government first said that he was still inside, and his fiance and friends said that he was missing. Oh boy. Now, Turkish authorities have claimed that the security camera footage of the day of the incident was removed from the consulate and that the Turkish consulate staff were abruptly told to take a holiday on the day Khashoggi disappeared while inside the building. No way. Now, at this point, the Turkish police, and likely the entire world, believe that the 15-man hit squad was waiting on Khashoggi in the consulate. 15 versus 1. One anomalous police source claimed that the dead body was cut into pieces and quietly moved out of the consulate, that all of this was, quote, videotaped to prove the mission had been accomplished and the tape was taken out of the country, end quote. That is a bad, bad, bad way to go. Rumor is that he wasn't even interrogated, but was instead tortured and then dismembered while still alive. As of today, the following agencies and media sources, at the least, all agreed that the 15-man Saudi hit squad murdered Khashoggi in the consulate, cut him up, and walked him out in pieces. These agencies include the CIA, The Guardian, The Middle East Eye, Daily Sabah, Wall Street Journal, Reuters, CNN, and many more. The Daily Sabah also states that an audio recording from inside the consulate revealed that Khashoggi's last words were, quote, I'm suffocating. Take this bag off my head. I'm claustrophobic. End quote. On 10 December, the details of the transcript of the audio were described to CNN by another anonymous source. On 16 November, a Hurriyet columnist reported that Turkey has even more evidence, including a second audio recording from the consulate, where the Saudi team reviews the plans on how to execute Khashoggi. He reported that Turkish officials also did not confirm that Khashoggi was killed after they gave him a fatal dose of drugs. They said that he was strangulated with a rope or something like a plastic bag. Okay, so at this point, Khashoggi's dead. There's, there's no doubting that. Uh, there's a ton more reporting about investigations and accus- accusations and all these such as dead ends and, and just bullshit. Except one report. One report, though, lists 15 dudes who went through passport control into Istanbul and were accused by multiple sources of being the hit squad. Seven of these 15 were Mohammed bin Salman's personal bodyguards. A total of 11 people were put on trial by the courts in Saudi Arabia. The courts conducted 10 hearings that were not open to the public. The trial was conducted in secret with diplomats and Khashoggi family members permitted to attend but not speak, along with family members of the Saudi Crown Prince. It's an absolute crock. 
Now, speaking of croc, let's talk about some of the crap that occurs in Saudi Arabia. Number one, Saudi Arabia is one of approximately 30 countries in the world with judicial corporal, corporal punishment. In Saudi Arabia's case, this includes amputations of hands and feet for robbery and flogging for lesser crimes such as sexual deviance and drunkenness. In the 2000s, it was reported that women were sentenced to lashes for adultery. These women were actually victims of rape, but because they could not prove who the perpetrators were, they were deemed guilty of committing adultery. And remember folks, that is the first of the few things that I'm going to mention here. Number two, according to Amnesty International, security forces continued to torture and ill-treat detainees to extract confessions to be used as evidence against them at trial. According to the organization, 32 defendants accused of spying for Iran were subjected to torture and forced, forced to confess. Detainees were then held without communication and denied access to their families. Number three, Saudi Arabia engages in capital punishment to include public executions by beheading. The death penalty can be imposed for a wide range of offenses, including murder, rape, armed robbery, repeated drug use, apostasy, adultery, witchcraft, and sorcery, and can be carried out by beheading with a sword, stoning, or fire squad, and then the body left over can be crucified. It keeps getting better. Number four, Saudi Arabia is a destination country for men and women trafficked for the purposes of slave, slave labor and commercial sexual exploitation. Some Saudi men have used contacted, contracted temporary marriages in countries such as Mauritania, Yemen, and Indonesia as a means by which to sexually exploit migrant workers. Females are led to believe that they are being wed in earnest, but upon arrival in Saudi Arabia, they subsequently become their husband's sexual slaves, are forced into domestic labor, and in some cases, prostitution. If they are caught being a prostitute, the husband can just deny forcing them to do that, and then they are killed under uh, adultery. Number five, up until June 2018, women were not allowed to drive. During the drive-in ban, women were not allowed to move about without a male escort either, and I'm not talking about the fun kind. Only within the past couple of years uh, could women actually appear without a headscarf without getting arrested and like stoned in public. Remember that one. Also, one of the reasons that women weren't allowed to drive is that the fear that the vibrations of a car would cause her to become aroused, and that would be uh, scandalous and inappropriate according to Islam. Unfucking real Number six, uh, don't be Jewish or any other kind of foreign worker. Remember that too. Saudi Arabia is incredibly racist to anyone who's not from Saudi Arabia. Even if you are Saudi Arabian, there's certain sects that you are not allowed to be from or you'll be scrutiny to racism. Uh, number seven, this is more of a Western civilization consideration. In 2018, the Saudi Arabian government has an official Twitter handle and they put out a picture with a 9-11-like threat on Canada. It is a picture of a Toronto skyline with an Air Canada plane headed towards it saying, uh, don't, stick in, don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong or blah, 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 vague, vague threat. So this is a ton of bigotry, cruelty, hypocrisy, just nasty, nasty stuff. Bottom of the barrel. Now, here's the real question. What kind of a person would go into business with a man and a government who not only allows but arguably supports this kind of behavior? Well, that would be Vince McMahon and the WWE, or World Wrestling Entertainment. The Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman struck a deal with the WWE to have a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia in 2018, 
which was arguably a success. It was a success for the WWE because of the unbelievable pay, pay, uh, payday. Now, this pay-per-view occurred five months before the death of Khashoggi. After said pay-per-view, the Crown Prince stuck, struck a 10-year deal with the WWE for two pay-per-views to occur every year for $50 million American for every pay-per-view for 10 years to not include merchandise sales and whatnot. The same man in government that paid to have a man murdered for criticizing them and allowing bigotry in their oppressive country have paid off Vince McMahon and the WWE for $1 billion in blood-soaked money. Now, here's where the hypocrisy begins. Uh, it's, no surprise, it's no surprise to anyone who's listened to my podcast before that I'm a huge, huge fan of pro wrestling. And I think at this point, with you, if you had any idea how much pro wrestling I watch and listen to, it's fair to say I know a, a fair bit about the history of wrestling. And before I go into this list, now I want to just throw this out there. The next of these Saudi Arabian pay-per-views occurs 27 February. It's called the WWE Super Showdown in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Don't watch it. I'm not. I haven't watched any of these Saudi pay-per-view shows. I recommend that you don't either. Now, let's start. Women wrestling. Now, uh, history of women wrestling. Uh, ever since pro wrestling began, women have been wrestling along with it. Uh, the WWF becoming WWE did have women wrestling in the Attitude Era. Uh, this was kind of the, the big breakaway from the WWF that made them popular, becoming the WWE. They had women wrestlers, but they were more bikini models than anything. They weren't actually trained wrestlers. Uh, it was extremely degrading. They would have evening gown matches, brawn panty matches. It, it was an absolute embarrassment. And they just treated the women wrestlers terribly. Like, they were... There were guy guy wrestlers who would just punch a hole through the wall from their wall locker room so they could see into the women's locker room. Just crap like that. Uh, and this occurred for the next uh, decade and a half. Even if they got a match, it would be like 30-second matches. Uh, they weren't even called women wrestlers. It was the Divas Division instead of a women's division. They had this ridiculous-looking, overly effeminate belt instead of having like a legitimacy. Uh, until about 2015, in the WWE, the Women's Revolution began. Uh, I forget what the hashtag was. It was like it was give uh, women a chance or give divas a chance to start their own uh, women's division. And current day, the women's division, which takes up about half the WWE roster, is unbelievable. They're they're absolutely incredible, unbelievable athletes, great storytellers, and their their work in their in the ring is top notch. You, you look at a person like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, they're they're incredible. So. Uh, guess who's not allowed to compete in uh, all these Saudi shows? Half the roster. None of the women are allowed to compete. Uh, at the end of 2019, they've allowed two wrestlers to come, two women wrestlers to come compete, Lacey Evans and Natalia. They were pretty much from the neck down, completely covered in clothing. I, I'm surprised they didn't make them wear a headscarf. I want to say their hair was up. Don't quote me on that. Uh, what I don't like about this is that the WWE and people of the public were being like, oh, these two female wrestlers, they're like Rosa Parks. Like, they are not fucking Rosa Parks. Don't get me wrong, I love those two wrestlers, but they were not goddamn Rosa Parks. You know who's Rosa Parks? Rosa fucking Parks. Rosa Parks is Rosa Parks. In Saudi Arabia, the people who are Rosa, Park, Rosa Parks are the women who stood up for freedom. The women who got stoned to death for taking off a burqa or for trying to drive in 1990 who got freaking imprisoned and, and killed. That's the Rosa Parks. Okay. Now, racism. I, I talked about how there's racism within Saudi Arabia. If you're not Saudi Arabian, foreign workers, etc. 
there's a race there is a wrestler named Sami Zayn unbelievable wrestler great storyteller he's actually Canadian but his blood is Syrian like by descent he's not allowed to come wrestle there's another wrestler named Noam Dar he's of Israeli blood he's not allowed to come wrestle it's unbelievable like Sami Zayn isn't even that's like saying I'm Italian I'm not Italian I, I grew up in outside of Boston and then Pennsylvania I've never even been to Italy but if, if, if Italy was looked down upon by Saudi Arabia I wouldn't be allowed to go and and ever since uh, Jamal Khashoggi was killed Daniel Bryan John Cena Alistair Black and a number of other wrestlers just refused to go to Saudi Arabia John Cena you know that guy who's in movies all the time now former pro wrestler refuses to go to Saudi Arabia because he understands that the ethical concerns of Jamal Khashoggi there's a wrestler named Kevin Owens refuses to go and wrestle there because he's best friends in real life with Sami Zayn. That, that is a stand-up fucking guy right there. Good for you, Kevin Owens. Uh, travel issues. <laughs> this this is a, the wildest one of all. This, this this isn't like, you know, women can't wrestle, racism can't wrestle. This is a Vince McMahon versus Crown Prince thing. So the last show that occurred, that was the one that I mentioned at the end of 2019, uh, the show started but the actual broadcast in Saudi Arabia didn't start for a 30-minute delay. The rumor is is that the Crown Prince still owed the $50 million or more to Vince McMahon from the previous shows. So Vince McMahon started the show, but wasn't broadcasting. It's kind of like a screw you, give me my money. So eventually he gets paid. He starts the show. Everything goes off fine. The next day, all the uh, wrestlers get onto the plane, the WWE charter plane to go back to the States and... Uh, Rumor is, Crown Prince of uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman tells the plane don't take off. Now it's known for a fact by the wrestlers' tweets and stuff like that that they did not take off for 24 hours. They were not allowed to leave. But guess who did leave on his own private plane? Vince McMahon and his goddamn friends. Absolute crap. He left his people behind. I mean, I, I get it. Yes, yeah, I'm a marine. Like you never leave a marine behind. But like, dude, you got on a private plane while your entire roster—excuse me, half your roster sat on a tarmac and then was stuck in Saudi Arabia not knowing what the hell was going to happen. Most of them have families and shit back in the States that were like, am I going to see this guy again? And the last one, with this, this is just an absolute BS thing. It's uh, it's not so much to have to do with the Saudi show. It's more just kind of a, a glimpse into the kind of person that Vince McMahon is and the WWE is. So there was a wrestler uh, around the 2000s, fantastic wrestler. His name was Eddie Guerrero. He, he really put uh, Hispanic wrestlers, Latino wrestlers on the map. Unbelievable dude. And he was married to a woman named Vicky. Now, Eddie died in his late 30s due to wrestling. And then Vicky Guerrero became kind of like a manager, stuff like that within the business. She, she showed up on TV. She played a bad guy, etc., etc. So eventually she transitioned out of that role and she just kind of became a businesswoman and stuff like that. She started her own podcast, a wrestling podcast. Um, she showed up on a rival promotions kind of an off the it's called a dark match which is like it's not published it's not televised it's just people get to see it like it's like a house show and she showed up on some other obscure little podcast this is one of this is her 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 way of life this is her income because she did those two little things Vince McMahon said no WWE wrestlers ever allowed to go on her show ever again because she went on two little shows and her husband died for that business. This is morally apprehensible. All right. Well, 
folks, I think that's a all bit morbid place to end it, but a good place to edit. Since I know this one's a little short, but uh, I mean, what else can you really say on this, you know? Now, I do have a recommendation. Don't watch the Saudi pay-per-views. Watch pro wrestling for sure. Support pro wrestlers, but not like this. But anyway, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and all available podcast directories, and whenever possible, leave a five-star review. I'm available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and about a half dozen other podcast directories. And uh, ladies and gents, I suppose that's about it. Uh, I'd like to end this episode with a song I originally heard in a different wrestling company's promo for one of their pay-per-views. It is from 2019, and the band is called Funeral Portrait. The song is called Holy Water. Uh, Hope you dig this awesome song. Hope it uh, gets you in a great mood for the rest of your day. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and remember... Epstein didn't kill himself. I treated my name to a torture snake, so I 